Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix Fitness and Defense. Help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education. Develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4, Tucson AZ 85712. Or you can call them at 520-838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um, hit them up. Screaming Chewy Show. Your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Tree Show. And I'd like to welcome a special guest, author, writer, Fred Pangborn. How you doing, Fred? Good, Jay. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Can't complain. How's the weather up in Chicago? Um, actually, I'm in Arizona, but um, oh, it, it's nice, bro. Right now, it's like 70 degrees. Yeah, so we got over here, like 72 degrees. Nice. And at night, it'll get like 50, 45, maybe. Yeah, at night, yeah. But it's not bad. It's not bad. I, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be up in New Jersey. Fuck, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it actually snowed here a couple of days ago, which is, which happens really? like every 10 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So why don't you tell me about yourself, man? Tell me about your books. Um, always loved writing. Even as a kid, like an English class was one of my favorite classes, loved writing, uh, but never pursued it professionally until like last year, uh, 2019, I started getting into it. And, um, I retired in 2020 and now I'm just pursuing the dream, man. I, I should have did this years ago. Loving it, huh? Yeah, it's 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 real. I enjoy it. I enjoy writing. So once you got started, that was it, right? Yeah, when you first start, you're not too sure about yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you go into a profession like that, with the arts. So uh, I was a little hesitant, you know, and then eventually I, I, I put my foot in the water and uh, I got picked up by a short story. And I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess I'm not that bad. 
So it kind of influenced me to keep going, pushing harder. And um, so are your books different genres, or is there a certain genre you just picked and just went with it? Uh, I got, I'm working on my, finishing up my fourth book right now, and they're all horror anthology short stories. Oh, nice. You know, like the old uh, Amicus horror flicks, you know, the old short stories in there, the anthologies. I love I that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it, man. I can't get into, uh, I, I love novels, but I don't think I, I don't have it in me to write a whole novel. To me, I find it a lot easier, a quick, short story, and I boom, move on to the next one. Short and sweet, huh? Yeah, yeah. So what's a short story for you? Like what, like 100 pages or something? No, less than that, less than that. Uh, my average short story, I guess, runs about maybe the average about 3,000 words. So whatever that comes out, the pages. Nice. Depending on you know, the print they put it in. Uh, yeah, just love the short stories, man. And a lot of the short stories I do. Um, I was a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft and his writings. And uh, nice. if you ever read his stuff, his motto is like, man never survives. And uh, all my stories, uh, like 95% of them, I always kill off the character. Really? <laughs> yeah, just, just when you think maybe he's out of there, he did all right. I got that twist in there. You know, he's, he's just another victim. Hey, and, you know, and that's real life for you, right? <laughs> A lot of times it is, yeah. So I like that. So he goes through the, the whole, you know, struggle and all that. And just when you think there's a little bit of hope, this guy is going to survive. Bam. Yeah. I've had uh, an example. I, had a, I did one story where uh, a guy found a shapeshifter under his house. I mean, there's more to it, but it was a shape-shifting creature that lived under the tunnels of his house. Wow. And when he goes down there, you know, he sees it, and uh, he goes exploring a little bit more. And when he comes back, it's gone. Wound up, the thing changed into him at the end, and it was waiting at the door when he showed up. He thought he was, you know, he tried to leave. The thing was already, look, you know, looked like him. and closed the door on him and locked him down there. Oh, damn. So, yeah, I like stuff like that, you know, like twist endings. I love stuff like that. Um, so you must love, let me guess, do, do you love horror movies? Love horror movies. I don't like a lot of the ones out now. They're kind of uh, remakes of remakes, and mm-hmm. a lot of the original ideas are gone to shot. Uh, big into the old stuff. I'm the same way, man, you know, especially movies like The Thing. Um, oh. with Kurt Russell. Oh my God. Like Love even it. The, one of my favorites. The special effects still hold up to this day. You know, it's yeah. no CGI and stuff, it's just nope. fucking practical practical effects. And it's, some of the best. it's so creepy to this day, you know. <laughs> oh, it's I can watch that. Like some movies I can watch, like Predator, uh The Thing. Uh there's a couple others. I could watch maybe every month I could watch and on TV, I watch it. Yes, and the Predator, yeah. You know, that's like horror and action, you know. And yeah. It's it's so fucking creepy how, you know, he'll hunt you down and, like, rip your fucking spine out and, like, oh. <laughs> Some movies, I can just watch. Every time it comes on TV, I, I go to it and I watch it. Even if it's in the middle, I watch it. Watch to the end. You know, and I, I like do that, doing that, too, re-watching them because you, sometimes you might pick up something small, like little details or foreshadowing that you didn't yep. pick up before. 
Uh, you were talking about the thing, and uh, I, I picked it up in Blu-ray down the road. And I was watching it, and you know, you see more detail when it's in HD. And I saw that the uh, one of the characters had a nose ring. Never noticed that as many times oh. as I watched it. I was like, whoa. So it's, it's kind of cool watching. Like you said, over and over, you pick up little things that you uh, missed before. And that's a good little detail, too, because, you know, the shapeshifter, the alien, it can't replicate a nose, nose ring. Yeah, it can't do uh, unorganic material. So what do you think of the ending of that movie? Would, do you think one of them was a thing or... I think John Carpenter hinted that one of them was the thing at the end, mm-hmm. but they kind of left it like like one of my books. You leave it open. You leave, you're guessing. You know what I mean? You really don't tell. Yeah, yeah. So I read that. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> but I read that. Uh, you know how at the end they're both just sitting there waiting for for help to arrive. Yeah, waiting for fire to die down. And then, um, so I guess John Carpenter has said that it, throughout the movie, the people that were infected. No, the people that were not infected had a certain gleam in their eye, and the oh, infected really? ones didn't. So he said that at the end, Kurt Russell had that gleam, and the other guy didn't. Uh, see, now I got to look for that when I watch it again. And then he said that, uh, you know how, remember Kurt Russell was drinking, and he was playing the computer game? Yeah, yeah, you shooting bitch, and pours the thing in there. Yes. So I guess when, you know, shit started going down, he poured all of his alcohol out, and filled the bottles with kerosene. And so uh, at the end, he hands the bottle to that other guy, but it has kerosene uh, in it. Yo, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But did I you like the did you like the prequel they did? I did. Um, I mean, you know, there was a lot of CGI and stuff like that, a but lot. I I think they did good with the story because it explained a lot. It did, like when the guy's um fillings were in the uh, the sink. Because it couldn't replicate the fillings. Yeah, she's like, I let me see your TV. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love how they finally explained about the dog, you know. <laughs> it, it, it went right into the other one. I love that. Yeah. And so, man, I mean, if your books, you know, they, they sound like they're, are they influenced by old movies like that? Yeah, a lot of times when I get like, um, I've got about 60 short stories I've written that have been published. Wow. And after a while, you start running out, out of ideas. And you start, you don't want to repeat the same thing. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when I'm sitting there and I got to write something, I'll put on some old TV show, old horror flicks, and wait for something to kind of click. And when it does, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm writing notes down, trying to get everything ready for the next story. But yeah, yeah, movies are big influence, man. Big influence. Nice. And so, uh, what was your what's the name of your first book? Uh, my first I did um, uh, Reflections in the Abyss was a sh- uh, my first book. It was only eight stories, eight or nine stories, and when it was published, I saw how thin it was, and I was like, ah, that's not really a, a book, really. So I jumped on and I, I did a second book, uh, second uh, Reflections in the Abyss. And I just recently put out Nightmares of the Damned. And that's that's a pretty thick book. It's like 19 short stories. Nice. And um, I'm like one story away from my next book. The crank. I'm going to take a rest. And I think I'm just going to do little single stories I'll put out to uh, other people's anthologies. 
Nice, man. Just so much waiting to come busy. out. <laughs> been busy, man. There's a lot of stuff pent up over the years. Just put it on paper. And um, so you've always had these ideas and, and they're finally all coming out. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll see ideas all around you. You'll see, you know, like if you're uh, walking down the street or in a supermarket, you'll see something. You're like, oh, what if, you know what I mean? Something will just spark. And then uh, that's, I'm writing notes down on my phone. I'm putting little notes down. So when I get home or something like that. I see stuff all, I, all the time. I see something. Nice. Y'all save that for later book market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. And, you know, I love, um, you know, like short horror stories. It, that's just, you know, it gets your imagination, you know? And yeah, because they're short. They're, you know, it's going to be real good because there's, you know, they don't have enough time to like draw all this stuff out. So they're going to cram all that in, in like a, a 30 minutes. Like the old uh, Amicus movies I was talking about, Asylum, um, Tales from the Crypt. All those old shows, the British shows they did. Oh, I yes. love them. Love them. And a uh, creep show. Oh, creep show. Uh, the old night galleries. Uh, the old cold shack. The night stalker down to Gavin. Love all that old stuff. The night stalker is that um about the? Isn't there like a the, Netflix documentary about that? No, it's funny you said. That. I just started watching that last last night. I, Totally different. Uh, the Night Stork was an old series, I think, from the 70s, based on a reporter in Chicago. It was almost like the X-Files. He, he'd check out these crimes, and it all had like a supernatural or a horror element to them. And each episode was a different uh, case. So oh, it, man, it was I, great. I got to check that out. That sounds pretty yeah, interesting. You, never yell. you won't be disappointed, man. It's real good. It only had one season, but it, they're all good. Damn, man. Creep show that creeped me out when I was a kid. <laughs> creep show was real good. The second one was wasn't too bad either. They did a third one. I, I bet it was trash. You know they did a remake, but it's only available in like uh, one of those streaming services for horror movies. It's like a series, right? Mm-hmm. Did you you haven't checked it out? No, I haven't. Um, I because I, I haven't signed up. I, I forgot the streaming service, but you got to sign get up. For- stick, bro. You got to get that fire stick. Get all that free. Oh, that's right. I heard you could watch anything on that. Yeah, uh, I love the best best investment I made. So did that save you a lot of money from buying uh, Blu-rays? <laughs> you know what it saved me a lot? Uh, going out and buying a DV because the cover looked good and the plot sounded pretty good. And then when you watch, you're like, man, this is like 20 minutes in, you're taking it out and you wasted $20 or whatever. You know, I, I've come across so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... Some of them, like, there's there's these low-budget movies. They have an amazing story, but just... if they and the put cover more... looks really good. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, this, this might be pretty good. You get, all, you get all amped up, you sit down and watch it, and it's like an in, independent film somebody made for, like, $100. And you're like, ah, oh, come on. The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, it's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. 
lock the doors and close the blinds, break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for Happy Hour News. I'm Anthony. I'm Sarah. And we're the hosts of the A period, C period, T period podcast. That's right, the ACT Podcast. You gotta put the periods in between. I told you it was gonna be too hard to find. Don't worry, folks. It's not a show about acting. Thank God. It's a show about anything and everything. Like how tiny your penis is. Yep. We cover sex, religion, politics, day-to-day life, and... And how tiny your penis is! Yes, we got that. Well, I just want to make sure people realize that we make fun of everything. Of course we do. We even have a blind agent that comes in. Yes, so if you want to have some fun and laugh at our ridiculous attempts of humor, come join us on the ACT Podcast, the ACT Podcast. Available on all podcast platforms. Have you ever seen a movie called Feast? Yeah, that Did was ever... the Greenlight production, right? That uh, yes. Matt Damon in it? Yeah. And, yeah, that uh, was did, did you ever see the sequels? I started watching one of the sequels, and they had midgets running around. I'm like, what, what, what's like midget wrestling or something? Yes, come on, man. You know how it was like horror and like stupid funny, <laughs> but the the sequels it got more horror and even more stupid funny. But the, they the were first like, one was classic. Yes, the, it was fucking awesome. You can't beat that first one. Yeah, yeah, you know. So like I was saying, like the second one and the third one, they were they're they're cool, but they're like so low budget. I'm like, ah, oh. but the that's first a shame, isn't one, it? yeah, yeah. I think anything that's making money, they're gonna they're gonna stretch it out until it's not even watchable. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as they can make a buck off it. And um, you know, they're coming out with a new Jason. They're already writing it, but. They're trying to get an actor, you know, like um, C.J. Graham. He was saying he'll come back as Jason, but he don't want to be in Mars. You know, like Jason goes to Mars. Or... Yeah, that Jason X or whatever that was. They found him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's, that's another example. But we'll keep stretching it out, stretching it out. Long it makes a buck. You know, just like the last Freddy, um, I think it was called New Nightmare. Um they like reinvented him. He had a trench coat and shit. Was it any good? I thought it was all right, but it was nothing like the earlier ones. Yeah, that's like the, the Hellraiser movies were the same way. The first two were great, and then they just started getting ridiculous with the plots. So I'm like, come yes. on, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I love the first two. So gory. Oh, first two are awesome. Awesome. And so, uh, in your books, do you do you have any like gory details in there, or or is it like a thriller type of deal? It's it's it depends on the story. There's some when you get into detail with the the gore and stuff, and other ones are more. Um, I leave it up to imagination. I try not to describe everything T to T, just to let the uh, reader use their own imagination on what's going on in some things. But yeah, there's there's some gore, yeah gotta have it nice and out of all your short stories which one is your favorite i had somebody else ask me that too i really don't have a favorite they're all they're all about the same 
to be honest with you. I've had so, I, one of, I, I, you know, that's not true. There is one in particular that I'm going to, uh, down the road, I'm going to see if I can get a, get a screenplay for it. I'm going to try to write one. But uh, Human Vultures, it was a short story in uh, Breaking Rules Publishing, the Hollow series. And uh, somebody complimented me on it. And when I thought, I'm like, yo, that is a pretty good story. I kept thinking, it's like a lot of characters I had, which I usually don't use a lot of characters. And it was, it, I guess it could be made into a movie. It was like long enough. Nice. But that's probably my favorite one, yeah. And what was that one about, if you don't mind talking about it? No, I don't mind at all. Um, it was about um, a small town up in uh, upstate New York that uh, was catering to this, these cannibals. Uh, I guess there was a, a, a logging, a fur trapping village or a logging village. Uh, they got trapped in the snow like back in the old days. And they wind up eating each other back then. Kind of like the Donner Party. No and uh, they just they just kept it up, and then like modern days, they were like going to the towns, and you know they kind of demanded you know instead of us taking the citizens, you need to bring us a body every once in a while. And a family gets stranded. Your typical story: the car breaks down, just happens to be outside that town, and uh, kind of goes from there. I love that stuff, you know, because cannibalism and stuff like that, you know, it's very real. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes us scarier. <laughs> it's like that hills have eyes and stuff like that. Those guys out in the desert eat people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that originated from a true story that happened in Ireland. Uh, I guess there was a family that they were inbred, and they would eat people in a small village. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it goes to show you what goes on out there, man. The world's a big place. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, we've come up. I guess there's like tribes, you know, in the Amazon and stuff like that. They're cannibals as well. Um, you ever seen that movie Green Inferno? Yeah, that's a, the Eli Roth one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that wasn't bad. I think they could have done better, though. There was a, uh, I think the 70s, they did a bunch of cannibal movies like that, didn't they? Where people were trapped out in the jungle. Mm-hmm. The cannibal Holocaust. Them. Yes, yes. So that movie, uh, fun fact, the special effects were so good. And the director actually told the actors when the movie releases, go off the grid for a month. Don't talk to anybody. Don't do interviews. And so really? they did. And they took him to court because they thought the actors really died in the movie. <laughs> and he had to bring the actors in court and be like, look, they're alive. Um, wow. He did get criminal charges because they killed a turtle in the movie to eat it. But they, they, really, it up, yeah. they yeah. really did kill a turtle. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> animal cruelty or whatever. Yeah, that's right. They did. They made that stew out of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff. But um Man. What and, uh, some of your favorite movies out there? Which uh what, you know, what kind of genres are you into? Yeah, so horror, you know, I love, you know, the Friday the 13th, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and like The Thing and Hellraiser. We talked about those. I just love like old horror movies. Love it, man. I uh, Yesterday, uh, my girlfriend went up north for the weekend and uh, that's all I did. As soon as I came back from the airport, put movies on, was on that couch all day long, getting my, getting my movies in. 
Yeah, and like you were saying, you know, like like your short stories, I love the ones with the open ending, you know, they, they don't even bother explaining it. They just leave it up to you. Usually when I write, the first thing I do is come up with a fucked up ending. <laughs> nice. I, 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 I get the ending first. I'm like, man, now what, Now how can I build a plot that'll lead up to that ending? But it's usually, I, I think of a, a weird messed up ending first. And then I, I start in the beginning and lead up to it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so um in uh in the anthologies, you know, in the different series, do you have continuations of previous stories? No, I don't. Uh I thought about doing that though, because uh, I think. I've, I've read a few stories where Stephen King used the same characters. I believe there was a, he did the book Salem's Lot, and then he did a story, I think, called Jerusalem's Lot, which is based on the same thing, like the vampires in a town. And I thought that was kind of cool that it reverted back to one of the stories for that. I thought it was kind of cool. Nice. They have that connection, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think down the road I'm going to do something like that if I find the right story to fit in. You know, I... That I like when they do that, or when they have little, little subtle hints of connecting each other, like like Quentin Tarantino movies. Yes, they, the the, all... Ve the, Ve the Vega brothers. Yes, yep, <laughs> Mr. Blonde and uh, John Travolta, right? Yeah, yeah, that and, is kind of cool. And then I think the the cigarettes that she smokes, um, Uma Thurman, the one with the apple on it. Yeah. Um, in Kill Bill, when she's in the airport, there's a big ad for that cigarette uh, pack. You got to keep your eye. That's why you got to watch them a few times to catch that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just love it when they just throw little Easter eggs like that, you know, just make sure you're paying attention. That, that does feel good when you notice one of them. Mm -hmm. Like that. I don't know if you've seen that um, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, meme when he's pointing at the TV like, hey, look. <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And so any more? Are you still writing more uh, short stories? You still have more plans to keep on going? Um, I've got, I'm like half, a, I'm halfway through a story now. Once, once that's complete, that's going to finish up my next book. And uh, I'm going to concentrate more on uh, other people's anthologies, uh, submissions and stuff like that. I'm going to leave the books alone for a little bit until I start getting more ideas. If <laughs> I get some more ideas and then uh, down the road, I'll, you know, I'm always going to keep writing. I'll, I'll start another book eventually. Nice, man. You know, Started writing, retired. Hell yeah, man! You got it going on. Uh, for right now, I don't you know? I don't want to spoil one, but you know things aren't too shabby right now. <laughs> awesome, man! And where can people find your books? Um, on Amazon, they're on Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble, but everybody goes to Amazon, so Amazon. I think yeah. when you click on my name, they'll show some of the. Uh, other anthologies that my stories are featuring, I think they show up to a few of them. You're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, I've been slacking lately, but I'm trying to, you know, pick the pace up. 
been watching too many movies. That <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that does get in the way sometimes. You know, sit down and write, or you know, I want to watch this movie. So I feel you, man. I'm I'm the same way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'd like to give a big shout out to Breaking Rules Publishing, you know, amazing guys. And, um, you know, I'm glad, you know, I got to meet you, bro. Yeah, same, same. Uh, pleasure being here. Thank you. So um, any uh, any more? Um, so just on Amazon, is there also available in Barnes & Noble and stuff like that? Yeah, you, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, I don't know what other book sites are these days. But, uh, yeah, they're on Amazon. Uh, do you have a website or anything? Yeah, I don't know. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just my name. Um, that's about it. I don't do the social media too much. I really should. Sweet. But uh, Facebook and Instagram are the only two I'm on right now. Yeah, go ahead and send me those links, and I'll post them in the episode descriptions when, when I publish it. Oh, you got it, brother. Awesome, man. And, um... Anything you'd like to tell the listeners? Yeah, buy my books. <laughs> yeah, man. Fred Pangborn. Look him up on Amazon. Buy his books. If you love horror, short stories, this is the guy, man. Thank you, Jerry. And, um, you know, I'd like to thank you for coming on. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep, no problem, man. You have a good one. All right, you too, but Take care. Later. Later. Hey, so I'm sure you've noticed I've been getting a lot more celebrity guests on my show and this is all thanks to Steve Joyner he's a publicist and man this guy takes his work seriously he does not fuck around and this guy is keeping me busy yo he, yeah I'm just getting so many celebrity guests thank you so much Steve Joyner and um, if you yourself are an actor, director, producer, and you are looking for a, a publicist, do not hesitate to contact Steve, right? He is a really cool guy. You'll love him, okay? His phone number is 816-605-4561. Or if you would like to email him, it's uh, all one word, starts with a capital S. And it's stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. So again, starts with a capital S. And then it's T-E-V-E-S-J-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Tell him Screamy Chewy sent you. You will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah, so big shout out to you, Steve. Thanks again, bro. Peace.
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash gmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at Ch- screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace